Hey there, it's me, Denise Lee, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast, where we improve your mindset and your money. And today, I've got a very special treat for you. Today, I want to share with you a conversation with Natasha Ho. She is a business coach, but more important, she is a such a dynamic and confident woman who is going to be able to share with you what she has learned as a PR manager for companies like Neutrogena, HP, Timberland, and Coca-Cola, just to name a few. She is someone who can just technically take anything and make it awesome, just to let you know how awesome she is. With her first offer when she quit her job, she did virtual cooking lessons and she generated $20,000 in just one week. And she's been using so many different sales and marketing strategies to be able to help grow and scale your business. So if you are interested in learning about creative and unique ways to not just make offers, but make offers that delight and intrigue you, this is going to be the podcast episode you are going to be listening to. And we're going to get to all that coming to you after this short break. Hey, Natasha. Hello. Hello, Denise. I am just so super pumped and excited. You know, for those of you guys who don't know, Natasha's awesome for like lots of reasons, but just a little sidebar note, we both married Asian men <laughs> and have Malaysian babies. <laughs> a special tribe. <laughs> so like we're the rare upon rare people. Like we're not only we're business coaches, mindset coaches, like we're also like married and have Blasian babies. So that's pretty cool. So it has nothing to do with our conversation. I just thought it was interesting to share it with everybody. <laughs> Mrs. Lee, Mrs. Ho, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and for anyone who doesn't know, my name, my real name is Denise Lay. And Natasha? It's Ha. Ha. So there you go. It's not Ho, it's Ha to you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. So without any delay, let's just dive straight into this. One of the things that Natasha and I, we were just kind of banging our heads and just trying to wrap our minds around was this idea of specifically ladies who think that we need to be in a constant state of flow. And I know you guys read the law of attraction and the secret and all this stuff, but we can't flow our way to profit. And Natasha is here to kind of talk with us about how in the world can we get something moving in a way that feels unique and authentic and doable. So, you know, I always talk about mindset stuff. That's cool. But let's talk strategy. So, Natasha, let's talk about what we need to do. And this conversation is not about people who are thinking or inspired to be a business owner. And I'm not talking about the ladies who are just doing crochet on the side and hopes to get enough money to go to jazzercise. Like we're not talking about that. We're talking about scaling a successful business that supports not just yourself, but your family and hopefully supports others. So that I just want to just lay out the foundation so I'm not saying that those of you guys who are not aspiring to be business owners that no, 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 this still tune in, still listen, but this is for people really who are actually going to do it or are actually in the process of doing that. So with that being said, Natasha, can you please explain what a clear path looks like? Yeah, definitely. So the first thing is 
I, what I see is people almost to get to that first like six figure mark, which is what a lot of people aspire to in their business. You can almost stumble into that. Like if you are good at what you do and you have a relatively good reputation, you can find clients and you can get to that first six figure or maybe even a little bit beyond that. But when it comes to really scaling and getting to the point where you can have a multi six figure, seven figure, eight figure business, that's when you really have to have strong clarity around the idea of what you want to accomplish and the path to getting there. And so the first step is really having, taking the time to have that vision and being able to say, this is exactly what I want to accomplish. But even more than that, understanding why you want to accomplish that, because it's really easy to set out amazing goals that sound spectacular. Like I want a million dollar business. And then it comes time to actually put the pieces into work, put the pieces into play, do the work. And people will often come up against a lot of barriers, limiting beliefs, things like that, that will hold them back from actually getting to the point where they're able to build a million dollar business. And so if you don't have a strong, clear vision on why you want that, it doesn't propel you to be able to get through all of those mindset blocks, limiting beliefs, and just the difficulty and hard times that come along with pursuing any goal. It's like if you were saying, hey, I want to be able to get into the best shape of my life, and you start on that process, there's going to be a lot of days where you don't feel like being in the best shape of your life and doing what it takes to be in the best shape of your life. And it's the same thing with building a business. So that vision has to be extremely clear. You have to know exactly what it is you're trying to accomplish in your business. And that includes not just like the money, but how much time do you want to be working? What kind of business would you want it to look like? Do you want it to be a boutique style or do you want to have a big team? Do you want to be servicing just a handful of clients or do you want to be able to serve volumes and volumes of people? And so having that clear vision is the first most important thing so that you can actually scale and build a business that you're going to be one, excited to run and two, that actually you stick around to be able to have the experience of getting there. Mm. You know, as you were talking about the actual reality versus what you envision, I was thinking about Instagram filters and mm. I was thinking about, you know, so often they would show like women who were photoshopped and they were so far like removed from like what they are. They were like pimples burst in and, you know, they stuff was sagging and then like threw a couple <laughs> of airbrushes away. And I think that's kind of the same way that women specifically think of business in the beginning they think of it as blemish free and perfect and flowing easily and they just wake up and they just get no paypal notifications left right and center and i think part of it has to do with expectations because er when they're looking online it just seems easy because no one wants to talk about the drudgery of it all Exactly. Yeah. I have a mentor who recently she started, she started talking about the fact that everyone wants to have the hundred K months, but they don't talk about the hundred K month problems. Mm. And you know, what are hundred K month problems of the dealing with people who want refunds and the people who uh, have problems and maybe they're blaming their coach because this and that is happening or they're not achieving their goals or losing team members because you're building a team and now you have to deal with the administrative part of managing people and all these other things. And so people say they want the money, but are they ready for 
the, what you have, how you have to show up in order to have a company that's that big? Do you, are you ready for hundred K problems? And are you ready for million dollar problems? And so knowing that it doesn't just come, like you said, where you wake up and it's PayPal notifications. It's like, there's a lot of other things that you're also going to have to deal with and knowing that am I ready to take all that on as well? Cause you're going to have to carry all of it. Yeah. And definitely a, a coach, a support system and tools will help you. And I, I mean, my goodness, we've emphasized so many times in even our private conversations about the mindset. Can you, do you really understand what that looks like? I mean, I, myself, I had a mentor who was sued by the FTC for <laughs> faulty marketing, you know, for a failure to disclose that results wow. aren't typical. Wow. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants to hear that. Um, but it is something that needs to be said. And I'm not wishing that you get sued by the FTC. <laughs> no, I mean, but what I'm saying is that like, we have to have checks and balances in places that sober us to the reality that we, anything can happen. Definitely. Yeah. And it's not going to be all rosy, but that you are ready to carry all of it, that you can experience the great heights and that there also will be lows to those moments as well. Yeah. Mm, mm. Can we talk about this idea of netting, not getting caught up in the goal? And it's this kind of blue skies thing where, yes, I planned. Yes, I understand. But we're not even allowing yourself a moment to breathe. Yeah, I think that when we have goals, it takes us back to childhood and school. And this idea when you set a goal, it was a very definitive idea that you're going to get there it's like that's the finish line and you have to get to the finish line and if you don't get to the finish line that you have failed and the really big aha moment for me was when someone told me that goals are not destinations goals Mm. are directional Mm. and if you can just look at your goals as directional that they are really the compass that makes sure you're being pointed in the right direction at every moment in the journey So that you're able to check in and say, should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? Is this going to put me on the path towards the goal that I want to achieve? But the goal itself doesn't matter so much when you get there because you're actually what is most important is the incremental or quantum progress that you're making towards that goal. It doesn't actually matter the goal because if you get to the goal, if you make it to a million dollars this year or you make it to a million dollars in two years, does it really matter that much? The whole point is that you wanted to make it to the million dollars. And so when we put the goal and we have this, this really specific timeline, then we end up beating ourselves up over how fast or how, how slow we got to the goal. And did it look exactly the way that we were saying that it needed to look because this is what my plan says it has to look like. So the most important thing is to not get caught up in the goal being a destination that you have to arrive at, but looking at our goal as that is directional and it's going to help make sure that I'm pointed in the right direction at all times on a daily basis in achieving what I want in my life and in my business. You know, one of the things that I love using as explanation is that like, we all want to go to Las Vegas. I don't care if you want to go by Greyhound, by bus, by plane, by train, you're going to get there. Mm Mm-hmm. And accepting that there are going to be limitations and detours or oops along the way. Yeah. If your car breaks down, you might have to get on a bus in the middle of the journey, but you'll still get there. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing that I was just thinking about as you're just talking about using having that North star is getting addicted to the process, not the profit. And yeah. when I think about all the, the people that I admire, including you, it's always about just being so in love with helping and being in the moment and not so much, oh, I can't wait for the PayPal notification. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that is something like I realized for myself was I talk a lot about play and playfulness in business. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was the issue that I experienced coming from the corporate world of being really in love with productivity and accolades. And then when I got into my own business, being really focused on productivity, and I realized that productivity doesn't work once you're an entrepreneur. Being focused Mm -hmm. on productivity just turns you into an employee in your own business and you lose all the freedom that you got into the business to have. And so what I had to focus on was what feels like fun and playful and how can I show up to doing this in a way that I actually like running the business and so I do you know I, I look at my business as a big playground and sometimes I'm like oh well this would sound like it'd be a really fun way to do this like I want to make this new offer what would be a really fun and exciting way for me to share this offer and so I've done secret offers before where I tell somebody the price and they don't get any other details and I just tell you the price and I say hey do you want to take a leap of faith with me if you do invest and we are going to have a really great time and that's a way for me to do something that feels fun and playful in my Mm. business and I and I don't have to get caught up like you were saying in it having to to feel like I'm making it into into the work I'm caught up in the profit around it versus being able to show up and say like hey like I'm in love with the process of growing this business Mm. you know I remember one of my first mentors like always said what delights and gives you desires. I'm like, what are you Mm. talking about? (laughs) What are you talking about? I'm trying to get paid. I just remember just (laughs) thinking it was in La La Land because like, like you too, like I came from corporate and it was, you're only as good as the output you gave. And then you, all those rules got to be thrown out the window if you want to succeed in business. So ladies, if you're listening, going like, I need to work while my baby's sleeping, while we're going to cancel the trip to Disneyland because I need to do a new launch. Like, stop, please. You need to have that sense of flow in order for you to be creative. There's a balance that happens with like like the desire for the flow and the playfulness. And then it needs to be underpinned by solid strategy and solid action. <laughs> and so I, I, I think that being able to feel that sense of alignment, like what feels good for me, what feels playful, and then having the vision and the goals and all of that to say like, oh, okay, is this in alignment with where I ultimately want to get to? Now I actually have a business that feels good. Mm. You know, I was thinking about that movie, Natasha, remember like Julia Roberts, Eat, Pray, Love, where she quit her job, divorced her husband and went to Thailand or some Bali or whatever and found this exotic lover and just went in flow and she felt happier. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. what happened afterwards is she broke up with her lover, married and got a new lover and her life was disaster because she went from (laughs) one flow state to another. See, ladies, listen to the prologue of these stories. I didn't know that was part of the story. Girl, girl. 
it's on Wikipedia. It'll tell you everything. Her life is a bleep show. So it's this thing of what you're saying about the underpinning of structure. Like there's nothing wrong with delighting and, you know, being fun and fancy free. But if there's no structure, you're going to be made fun of on Wikipedia. So... (laughs) Don't end up like her. Yeah. <laughs> if eat, pray, love, do the work. <laughs> we need to make a part two of that. And I, <laughs> because I just think that we absolutely need to take a de- action and we absolutely need to make adjust- adjustments and pivots along the way. But I find that speaking to former corporate women, okay, just corporate men too, but specifically women, I'm just kind of just, just dial up, turn up the volume for those ladies, right, who think that if I'm doing this plan, I can't adjust it, it's exactly what my coach told me, it's exactly what my whatever coaching packet or whatever told me to, and I'm like, baby, no, we, you have to be able to pivot, so how do you balance that, yes, have that structure, but know when to pivot. That's a question I get so much asked to me as well. Yeah. And I think there is, it's, it's interesting. I, I, a lot of it for me is is being willing to listen to my intuition, honestly, um, Mm -hmm. around like giving things a try. Like I try new things specifically like marketing. I work in marketing a lot and so much of marketing is, experimenting with things and trying something and then seeing what is the result. So I will try something in marketing and we'll put it out there. And for instance, I did that, the secret offer, right? And so I, I put it out there to my email list and I put it out there on social media. I'm doing the secret offer. And after it goes out, I'm like, okay, like, what if nobody buys it? <laughs> and yeah. this, yeah. All the thoughts are running through my head of like, what do people think I'm crazy? I'm asking them to buy something without giving them any details. And I put it out on, on um, like you know, my Instagram story and stuff like that. And I'm seeing people mm-hmm. are viewing the story. I can see that people have seen it, but people aren't buying yet. And so now I'm thinking, do I take it down? Do I delete it? Is this crazy? Mm. Is everyone laughing at me? Mm. And it's so funny because I, I have all these thoughts running through my head and I decide to go for a walk. And so between the front door and getting to my mailbox, all these themes, all these, these thoughts are running through my head. And by the time I get to the mailbox, I've talked myself off the ledge and I'm like, okay, like Natasha, this is like marketing and everything in the business is about consistency. And Mm. so I have to be willing to show up consistently in order for me to build the momentum in order for people to say yes and decide to buy. And so in that maybe 30 seconds, it took me to walk to my mailbox. I talked myself down and then I opened up my phone to turn on some um, uh, podcast while I was going to take a walk. And I Mm -hmm. see a little ping in my inbox for a Stripe notification that somebody bought. What? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so it's, I think a big piece of that is when it comes to the adjusting, I think the adjustment, I, I follow my intuition around that. But the biggest thing is staying consistent in that I'm doing something like looking at directionally where my goal is leading me to and making sure that I'm consistently showing up 
for that goal. So the adjust taking action is like the, the most important thing. Taking imperfect action, I think for us women is very frequently the thing that we have to focus on of, okay, doing something that's going to allow me to move forward. Because if we're sitting there trying to take the perfect action or we have a new offer and we're trying to perfect it and we're trying to build all of the pieces and we're trying to make sure it's absolutely right before we put it out into the world, then mm. we're actually not able to know is this the right offer? Is this the thing that's going to help me scale my business? Because wallets are the only thing that will validate your offer. So you have to put it out there into the world. And so taking action is making the offer, calling the people, throwing the event, doing whatever it is, and then adjusting based on the feedback that you're getting. So you only way for you to know is to adjust is, is the feedback coming in? Are you doing it enough to get the feedback? Are you getting no's? Then you can know that that means you need to change something. But if you're not even putting it out there in the world to get the feedback, if you're not doing it consistently enough to hear no's telling you you need to change something and you start changing things, you've actually created an, uh, a feedback loop where you're just going to keep changing things without actually being able to know what your people desire or what's going to sell or what's going to get you to the next level. You know, as you were talking about getting that out there and we, we always tend to believe our own press releases, this tend to skew negative. Mm -hmm. And it's insane that we sabotage ourselves right even before we get out there. Oh, it's not going to look good. Oh, I'm not going to get these offers. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And the reason behind it is we're trying to fight against change. New, different, risk. And it goes so countercultural to all the things that we learned from our parents and our school and our job where we had to have some type of evidence backing us up. But, you know, being business owners, we were mad scientists yeah you know it's dexter's lab up in here like i don't know what's gonna happen let's let's see what happens next yeah and it's like that willingness to be vulnerable and be brave in that way is what actually makes you take those make those quantum leaps because it's like if you're trying to think about how to do this with that thinking, that's, that's the same thinking that you've used to get where you are now. It's like, you're going to have to use a completely new kind of thinking to get to the next place. So the new thinking is like, let's break some stuff. Let's make some mistakes. Let's do something wild and crazy and see what happens. Cause you have to think you have to do something new to get a new result. You know, Mark Zuckerberg says like break things and move fast or quick. I, I don't really care for his business uh, style, but I like that quote. Where- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, Agreed. Uh, we're, we're, let's not get into that but uh <laughs> but it, just break stuff honey you can always rebuild like well i'm going to give us a, a, a completely silly example to move up, illustrate a bigger point where you want to fit in this tight body calm skirt or dress or whatever and it looks like you are a sausage being stuffed into a tight casing okay we'll just break it apart and turn it into like tights or whatever like who cares we'll just uh, oh learn something new this time like that's the same way we have to think about i'm, I'm giving the example of clothing because we all can relate to trying something and like oh new information can't fit that right now <laughs> doesn't mean that's bad 
all right i know I, maybe you need to go is, on a treadmill i don't know who knows i'm a shorty and so i bought dr- skirts that i ended up turning into dresses because i was like yep this skirt's not gonna work because i'm too short <laughs> now become a tube top dress <laughs> go get inspired on your next instagram story i don't know like the point i'm trying to make is that just because it may not suit well right now doesn't mean it can't be put back into the laboratory and tweaked and modified or put out another time who knows exactly yeah 100 percent. now you mentioned earlier about lifestyle goals and you said about well do you what do you want your your business to look like do you want to be a boutique do you want to have a full service you know what do we need to be thinking about when we say, okay, I want to build a business that I love. How do I know how to make it accommodate my lifestyle? Uh, So when I look at my business, I start with the lifestyle piece of it first. I think a Mm. lot of people work from the business first and then they say, okay, how do I make my life style that I desire fit into that mold? But I start the other way. So I think, okay, well, what do I want in terms of how many hours I want to be working in my business and what do I want in terms of my location and a team and um, how do I want my days to be filled? How do I want to feel when I wake up in the morning? How much time do I want to actually spend in fulfillment of like doing work versus the other stuff that I want to be doing? What hobbies do I want to be able to have time to practice? And, you know, how much time do I want to spend with my friends or family? Those other kinds of things that I'm thinking about. And then once I have a clear vision on that, I will look at, okay, so from the business perspective, are is my business designed in a way that will be able to support that lifestyle? So looking at things like, are my offers in sync with that? Are my offers going to be scalable? Do I have offers that can go from serving? Maybe I'm just only doing one-to-one right now and I want to be able to take myself out of the business more. So that means I need to have offers that are designed to be more passive. And so how do I take the things that I've been doing for my one-to-one clients and make them more passive so that I could be able to step away from the business and have more time with my family? Or if all of my offers that I have right now are things where I'm working very intimately with a client every single day, how would I build a team of people to be able to do more of the work? Or how can I be able to delegate more to my existing team so that I can step away from the business. So those are the kinds of things that I'm looking at now. Once I have my lifestyle, the idea of the lifestyle I want in mind, now I have to make sure that the offers are actually in place. And the other big thing is pricing because people are like, okay, the lifestyle that you want is, you know, going to cost this much money and your business will need to bring in X number of dollars. And then people will tell me, well, I want to make, maybe they say, I want to make 40K per month. Right. And then they tell me that their offer currently is maybe two or three thousand dollars. And then we talk about, well, I ask them, how many hours do you want to work per day? And, and then I say, how many clients could you realistically serve from an energy perspective on, on a monthly basis? And they'll tell me maybe they could sustain working with like eight clients. So if you mm-hmm. have eight clients and you have each of those clients is paying you 2K per month, that only gets you to 16,000. So there's no way for you to, from an energy perspective, be able to reach your financial goal 
So that means your offer would have to change in order for you to get to the point of, of making 40K because you can't do it. Otherwise you'd have to actually serve twice that many clients. And so from an energy and lifestyle perspective, you'll never have both what both things that you want, the money and the, the lifestyle. So we'd have to change your offer structure. We'd have to look at your pricing. So those are the kinds of things you need to be looking at so that your offer is in sync with the lifestyle you want to have. Boom, boom, boom. I love it. You know, and I, I just want to slip in a little freebie tip for those of you guys who are listening. You're like, I understand, but I don't understand at the same time. Look, let's, let's say it another way. Okay. Imagine mm-hmm. you're saying the exact same thing to client A, B, and C. Maybe another person you're saying it to D. Perhaps you can package that into a one-off course that serves not just your existing, but future ones. So you're saving energy and time and making a little side profit passively. There's a zillion and one ways where you can conserve your energy, but it all depends on how your business is structured. Exactly. And I, I feel like so many people are losing money because they're not taking a hard look about how they want to use their energy and how they want to be able to serve the greatest amount of people with the least amount of energy. Yeah. And like, you have to put yourself first in the business and your business has to serve not only your clients at a high level, but it has to serve you at a high level too. Mm. And oh my goodness, I don't want to go into like some psycho psychodynamic issues, but I realized I've seen so many clients over the years that the reason why they work so freaking hard is because they feel like they're not deserving of the money. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, <laughs> well, there's lots of reasons behind that. And this is, this, that's beyond the scope of our time with one another. But I just wanted to say that if you're charging, you're probably undercharging right now, sweetheart, whoever's listening, you're probably <laughs> undercharging. <laughs> Let's just say FYI. You're, do not discount yourself or your worth. Yeah. And the number that you desire to charge, it's, there's no, there's no world where you're not allowed to charge what you desire to charge. It's really you stepping into, this is the value that's being provided. And also making sure you have the sales skill set to be able to help people recognize the value of the transformation you provide. Mm-hmm. That, that's so that's so true, Natasha. Because if you don't believe that you're worth charging, they don't believe that you're worth that is, is they can just hop on to somebody else who's probably selling a, a, a worse product but has a better ego. So <laughs> yeah, you have to believe just... it first. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, you can't you can't get you can't convince somebody of something that you don't believe yourself. So Mm. you can't get on the phone and try to sell somebody if you're like, yeah, I'm not really worth $10,000 for this program, but I'm I'm definitely going to get on this phone and be able to influence somebody else to believe that. Not going to work. And I see this so much, Natasha, with women. You know, the last time we were talking, I was telling you about a situation I was seeing um, for a medical issue. I went to see somebody and they're like, I can do it. I've been doing this for 15 years. But are you sure you don't want to go to see another practitioner and I'll do it for you? Are you sure? And, and I was just thinking to myself, why are you talking yourself out of something that you said that you're qualified to doing? Yeah, like I feel really confident in your skill set now if you're telling me to go to somebody else. What, what is happening? <laughs> What's going on? 
I felt like the Twilight music was playing in the background. And I see this so much with women. And I know that you've read and reread Girl, Wash Your Face, okay? And you, you were part of Oprah's book club, and I get it. I, and you might have just been watching all your superheroes. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is you're going to have to earn your own cape for yourself. Mm-hmm. Meaning that you have to be your own hero. And that may be charging more. That may be shorting how much time you invest with certain people. That may be gasp, having an application form before people work with you. Mm-hmm. Gasp. <laughs> Starting just, a wait list. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Girl, go ahead. We, I had to lay it out there because I feel so many people. It, and here's the thing. I just, this is a, little ramp I just have to say because it just I see parallels in so many areas the same insecurity that you bring to your business also translates to how you raise your kids how you deal with your lovers and how you deal with life so don't think that if you're not you've ha- you're not dealing with this in your business it doesn't have a triple trickle down f- effect on other areas of your life and I get away with it. I, I, so you deal with it now or you deal with it later. But I'm tra- telling you that your pocketbooks are not as thick and lined as you want to because we're not dealing with these issues. Definitely. I, I talk about this as well, like this idea of what you resist persists. And it's like, mm. it doesn't just persist in your business. It persists throughout your whole entire life. It's going to show up everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want all, every woman who's listening, I want you to raise your hands, raise your right hands. They're up. Okay. I want you to say, I promise. You too, Natasha. Okay. I'm the, I was like, am I supposed to participate? <laughs> okay. okay. You too. I promise. I promise. That I will always. Always. Love myself love myself and my ability and my ability to make money to make money because i am worthy because i am worthy yes i want every woman maybe you guys who are listening i want you to make that pledge every day beautiful because i just see it and no matter what Natasha and I are talking about, if you don't internalize the idea, this is worthless. And if you need to do the work, you need to get somebody like Denise on your, in your corner to help you believe it, get, get the support you need. Yes. And Natasha will help you with the tools that we're going to be talking about more. Cause I, I yeah. get into that part. I'm so happy. Oh my goodness. The one, when I made my divorce from business coaching to life coach, I was like, the heavens opened up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stay in your lane, ladies and gentlemen, too. Stay in your lane. And actually, that brings me to the question about back to you. <laughs> and uh, let's talk about ascension offers, mountain value. Like, well, let's talk about some of that technical stuff that I that bores me to tears now. But I know that that's that's all your sauce. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. So and when it comes to scaling up, we have to make sure that we actually have a way for us to go up. 
So I call this a value mountain. And it's basically making sure that you have multiple ways for your ideal people to engage with you. So that you may currently have, uh, where I find most people are typically stuck in the value mountain is they have a medium tier offer. And that is what sells pretty well for them. They feel comfortable selling it. They have tons of great testimonials. That's really what they've built their business on is a medium tier offer. And so when I come into working with somebody, I want to make sure that they have, uh, the, I look at three different tiers um, being on the mountain. So at the very top of the mountain is what we usually will look at as a premium offer or a high ticket offer, high value offer. This would be a done for you style service. So this would be something when it comes to coaching, this might be your one-to-one -one offer, which is in the more in the realm of done for you because they're getting a hundred percent port. If you're more like a strategist or a consultant, this may be you doing the actual work for them, you doing the copywriting for them, or you designing the web page for them. This is your done for you service. This is what you would charge a high premium for. Then a tier below that is your done with you offer. So this is where group programs fit in really well um, because you're going to do some of the work with them, but you're also tasking them with going off and doing a lot of that implementation work without you. So the this would be a really good place for you to be able to work with more people and have more scaling happening within the business. And then at the bottom would be your low ticket or free offer, which is really a more of an entry point for more people to come into your funnel. And this would be your DIY offer. So this is something that you could do as, um, it could be like a podcast that people will do as um, an entry point. It could also be something like challenges people will do. They have free Facebook groups. It could be a free download that people have, something that people would get value from and that they would then use that as a stepping stone to move further up the mountain with you. And so I always think of this as you, the, the business owner, are like a Sherpa. Mm -hmm. And somebody's coming to the mountain and they want to climb this mountain and they want to get all the way to the top, which is the ultimate transformation that they're trying to have in their life or in their business. And so your goal is to, to take them as far along the mountain as they are ready and willing to go. So for some people, that might mean that they're not quite mountain climbers yet, and they just want to climb a few steps up at the bottom, and you're going to help them to get to that point. And maybe they'll be ready after that to go further up the mountain, or maybe not, who knows? And then some people will be ready to go to the middle of the mountain, and some people are going to be ready to go all the way to the top. But when we're thinking about it, we want to make sure that we have a clear idea of what that top of the mountain is so that you can actually create all these other tiers and that you can be willing to take people who are ready to go all the way, all the way to the top of what transformation really, really looks like. And the thing I think where people sometimes get tripped up is feeling like they don't have a high ticket offer. Um, I had some, one of my clients, she owns a, a arts and crafts business. And she was like, I don't really think that I have a high ticket offer. Like people just come here and they want to learn how to do art. And when we started to talk about like what really happens in her studio, it was the idea that she does confidence building art with people and that people, when they come to her, want to be immersed in the world of creativity. And mm. so that's really the top of her mountain. And when we came from creating an offer from that perspective, we started talking about this whole immersive like retreat experience that she could do where people would go to museums with her and they would go to different locations and they would paint on site and then they would be able to learn from other kinds of artists from photography to 
woodworking to all these other kinds of things and that they would have cocktail nights where they could talk and eat cheese and talk about wine and maybe they could go on a trip to France and they could be able to be immersed in like the city of art and the renaissance and all of this and so that became a high ticket offer when she started to really think of this as what is at the top of the mountain for them confidence building art and being immersed in the world of creativity and that is how she created a high ticket offer see myself sipping on some Merlot as I <laughs> as you were telling this story honey there's so much pleasure and there's so much joy in that description so that's mm-hmm. coming from a place of understanding who you are understanding your ideal client right and yeah. understanding what's doable for the price point that's offered yeah and not everyone's gonna want that some people are gonna want other stuff but it's like you now have some for the person who does want that because you're actually leaving so much money on the table if you don't have an offer for the person who wants to go all the way to the top Mm -hmm. and you know as you were talking about this I'm thinking about your niche I mean you we've always heard this example of this riches in the niches so Mm -hmm. for those um, who don't understand would you care to explain what that is in, in relation to the offers Yeah. So for me, I work specifically with two amazing groups of entrepreneurs. One is people in the corporate world who are high paid employees who are killing it in the, in the corporate world, but they want to make the transition to entrepreneurship. They're ready for the freedom. They want to have more flexibility and they really just want to have bigger impact. So when they want to make that transition to entrepreneurship, but they don't want to experience an income dip, That is really where I specialize in helping them to craft offers based on the amazing results and the amazing expertise that they already have and turning that into a a really successful business and also teaching them like the visibility and the sales stuff that you need to know in order for you to succeed as an entrepreneur. And then the other other, um, niche that I work with is these creative entrepreneurs who have amazing businesses. They have like um, like wonderful experiential things that they help people to um, to experience <laughs> uh, through their business. And they want to be able to create high ticket offers and be able to, to send their business into 20K, 30K, 40K months in their business. And they, they really want to, like we've been talking about, do make that scalable. Um, so th- th- that's the, um, they're currently at the place of maybe they're making seven to $10,000 per month in their business, but they really want to get to the next level of being able to have high visibility and consistent sales. So those are the two people, the two markets that I work with. And um, I've just had so much fun being able to serve both of them. So that's, that's my niche. So the riches are in those niches for me. (laughs) And (laughs) if you fall into one of those two buckets, get contact Natasha. Don't, don't be a dummy. I I don't know any other way to say that. I, we we need to do the things that will help us get to that next level and yeah and if that means feeling a little uncomfortable then that's so be it yeah the the next level is not going to be in your comfort zone (laughs) it never it is it It never never is is. it never it is (laughs) you know i I don't know if I shared this with you, Natasha, but I'll share with you and everyone who's listening (laughs) is I start my day with push-ups and prayers Mm. and the prayers, no big deal. The push-ups, have I ever woken up one day and going, I love doing 30 sets of blah, blah, blah. Actually, I do, you know, know, for me, 
I'm like, oh, I don't do it. But I know I have to because it takes me into that zone where I'm ripped and ready to go. If you're listening and you're going, I need to do something, this is exciting. And then you move on to watch Netflix after that. You're not excited enough. So take that action, whatever that next action needs to be for you. Yeah. And, and don't let that urgency just dissipate. That mm. urgency, that, that was one of the things I, I had a call with some clients recently, and she's making the transition from being a nurse into the world of uh, entrepreneurship. And she was getting a little complacent and she was just like, yeah, you know, I, I went down to part-time at the hospital. And so I now kind of have more free time and her husband's doing pretty well financially. And so I was like, okay, well, what's the urgent reason for you to build this business? And she's like, oh, I guess like, I'm kind of just, I was like, that's not going to work. Mm. <laughs> if you're just kind of, if you're kind of just, if you're not all in, if you don't have an urgent reason to make something happen, it's not going to happen. The urgency has to be there. And if it's not there, you need to figure out what, where it's at. <laughs> Go find yeah. it. I, I have talked with so many people who have built businesses for all sorts of wild reasons. I want to show, that, show my dad I'm smarter. I wanted to show my boss I was better. I'm mm-hmm. like, no. <laughs> when we're talking about urgency, it's not because of spite. I just want to just make that clear for you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, it needs to be something that lights you up, that like puts the fire in your belly. Like for me, the big context that I have, one of the big contexts I have in my business is I want to inspire a world of Black female entrepreneurs. Hmm. And I didn't grow up in, I grew up probably similar to you and many other Black women where it's like, go to school, get a good job. You know, that's the way to success. And I did that. I went to school went to a good school, got a good job, but I was not fulfilled after that. I was doing the things and I was in the corporate world and I was like, I just want to be here. Like, I don't like it. And yeah, I like, feel like I, I have to be here. Then I had a baby and I was like, okay, now I took the, I took five months maternity leave. And when it came time to go back to work, I had all the reasons to not want to be there. I already didn't want to be there. And now I had a baby and I I was like, I I just can't. And I had this urgency in my belly. Now it's like, I want to be home. I want to raise my own baby. And I want to be able to, to prove that like, I don't have to do it that way. There's another way I can do it. It doesn't have to be go to school, get a good job, live this life, but you're not fulfilled. Like I can do it in a way where I make the money and I have the lifestyle, but I feel really good. Hmm. I love how you said that, how you made your work fit your lifestyle not your lifestyle fit your work and I see so many people trying to accommodate and people please and never understanding why they aren't achieving the success monetarily or whatever that they think they desire Mm -hmm. it's like as long as you're holding on to the desire of somebody else you can never accomplish or fulfill your own yeah amen yeah yeah and you know, this is a little sidebar, but as you're, as you were telling this, I just kept thinking about even in my own corporate experience where I only wanted to do things that would give me praise and accolade. But if it's not coming from that deep burning desire for within yourself, then what happens when the praises go away? What happens when the applause fades? What happens when the money's not coming in the bank? Mm-hmm. 
And this is really about us understanding like what makes us feel awesome, how we impacting, how are we showing up in a way that just feels unique. And I love how your, your surprise offered that. So that's so delightful because on a, on, it shows that your level of integrity, if I'm charging this, you're going to expect at least, if not more, the amount that you're getting. Mm -hmm. And you are knowing the fact that I'm willing to take a chance and that means that I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. Are you willing to go out of your comfort zone too? Yeah. Take a leap with me. Yeah. Take a, take a leap, take a leap. And, and <laughs> I wanted to ask you about this idea of, okay, so we've got our, our mountain values. We, we know what we want to do. So how come the money's not coming in? <laughs> let's talk about that leaky sales funnel yes so this is the thing that I talk about so much because people often come to me and they always say I need more leads I need more leads I need more leads I need more leads everyone's always saying I need more leads if I just had more leads my business would just I'd be able to scale I'd be able to grow I'd be making the money I want to make and when I start to ask them follow-up questions about that, that's when we are able to see what are the holes in their sales funnel. Because the first mm. thing is, okay, well, how many leads do you have right now? Right. Mm. And how many sales calls or sales conversations are you having? And then from there, we talk about, okay, well, how many of those, from those sales calls or sales conversations you're having, how many of those people are you closing? Mm. And then typically when we get into that, people will say, oh, you know, if I'm having four calls, maybe they're closing one out of four calls or even mm -hmm. sometimes that's much worse than that. And they're like, yeah, I had an event. I had, I talked to somebody and they're like, yeah, I did a, an event. I had 30 people come to my event. Which is like, Fantastic. That's mm -hmm. great. And then she says, I said, how many sales calls did you book? She said zero. Wow. And I was like, you have 30 people show up to an event and none of those people were willing to get on a, and have a conversation with you about, the solution that you offer. Hmm. That is a huge, huge hole. So if I send 30 more leads to you, you're still, math is saying you're probably not going to have any sales. So we need to deal with that hole in your sales funnel of your ability to convert the leads you're already getting into clients because we could send leads at you all day, but it's like putting water into a bucket that has a hole in the bottom of it. It's never going to fill up. It's just going to keep going right out the bottom of the bucket. So the thing that I look at with people before we get into this idea of adding more leads is how well are you able to convert people in the sales process? So the first thing is how well do you take people from being a cold lead into being somebody who is like qualified? So how well are you able to warm them up, nurture them, and then get them into a conversation where you can qualify them? And that might look like them filling out an application for you. That might be that you're in the DMs with them and you're asking questions so you can qualify them. That might be you're out networking and you're having conversations and then you're qualifying people live and in person. But you, need, how well are you able to do that, that first piece of moving somebody from stranger into qualified lead? That's the first thing you have to do. And then from a qualified lead, now we're going to take them into a sales conversation. 
This could be that you're actually having a sales call or in person or on the phone, or if you're somebody who just converts via DMs or you just make offers online, how well are you able to take somebody from they've qualified, you know, they have the problem you solve. That's what the qualified means is, you know, the thing you could help them. They have a problem you solve into being able to now make an offer to them. And then if they say yes, so how well do you do in that process? Those are the two key things that I really, really look at with people is how are they doing in that process? And then once I know that they can actually convert well, because like, for instance, with an event, what I'd be looking at is you should be able to go 50-50 with each of those. So it should mean for half the people that show up to your event, you should be able to get them on the phone. And at least half of those people that you get on the phone, you should be able to convert into a paying client. So if they're not doing that, then we, then I know absolutely for sure that we need to look at what's going on in those conversations, what's going on in that event, what's going on in your marketing, to make sure that you're actually positioning yourself to get the right people in the room. So we can look at all of those things before we go to the point of saying like, hey, let's turn on the floodgates of more leads for you and get more people in front of you. Because if, if I put people in front of you, you can't close them. It doesn't matter how many people that you have. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a couple of things that went through my mind is I remember I had this one client, it was a, a while back ago. And she said, I don't know how to attract more people. And I was like, oh, well, let's look on your website, Natasha. She had a scowling face every <laughs> single photo. She looked like she just ate a bag of like le- lemons and i'm like you she's like well i want to show that i'm, I'm in control i'm like no you're <laughs> showing people that you're afraid and angry oh no i wonder who her, her photographer was who's just like yeah i'm on board with I, there's so much to digest and that's beyond the scope of our time with one another yeah. but that's what what i'm saying is that we need someone that's not you baby <laughs> <laughs> to look at everything, to look mm-hmm. at all those moving parts. And speaking to a point earlier about qualifying, the, the way my one of my mentors first explained it to me that don't go to a homeless encampment selling business coaching programs. <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> that too, yeah. Because they'll listen to you doesn't mean they can afford you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Yeah. Yeah, people like this whole idea of prospecting and people love to go to people to talking to people who will listen but can't afford you instead of talking to the people who can't afford you who can't afford you but won't listen mm. Mm. so we, we change up your pitch we change up your offer I don't know talk to Natasha about that I don't do that anymore. yeah so <laughs> come talk to me I'll I'll take you <laughs> <laughs> That being said, Natasha, how can people like find you and get in contact with you and just get it, get it going? Yes. So you can find me on uh, Facebook. I have a Facebook group. It's a free group where I show up pretty much every single day. And then I do a live show once a week. Uh, It's called six figure marketing. And we talk all about how to increase your visibility and sales online. And really that you can, can, Take care of all three of the important factors to be able to close well building your business, which is content creation, visibility, and sales. So it's six-figure marketing. Um, It's If you just do Facebook groups slash six-figure marketing, you'll be able to find me there. And then I'm also on Instagram at HeyNatashaBoo.
we're going to leave a link in the show notes below so that you can be able to use your little happy fingers or mouse, whatever, to click your way into uh, Natasha's uh, group or where, however you want to contact um, Natasha directly. Natasha, do you have any kind of closing thoughts or just, just one big aha or just something else that you just want people to know above anything else? My note above every, anything else is that the mindset will always trump the skill set. So you have to start with the right mindset in order for you to build on that. So start with the mindset, get support that you need, whether that's with a business coach or a life coach, um, make sure that you really address that because in order to, to actually implement all of the wonderful action that it requires to scale your business and grow it to where you want it to be in order for you to, to be able to implement and take the skill set in to account, you have to be able to deal with all of the limiting beliefs, all of the other things that are happening in our mind. It's how it's always worked for me. It's how it's worked for every single client that I've worked with. So the mindset always has to come first. Absolutely. And it is something that is going to help you, not just in business, but in all areas of your life. Just so tackle that. Yeah. And, and invest in it. I mean, I've invested in mindset in so many different ways when it comes to my business, when it comes to parenting, I have a parenting coach and she's like supports me around my mindset with parenting. I have like uh, with my health, it's like, I work with a, a trainer and we talk about mindset, like mindset's a part of everything. It's not just your business. It's like your, everything starts in your mind. Everything starts as an idea in order for it to come into the physical world and actually be a material thing. So it always starts in our mind, no matter what area of our life it is that we're trying to achieve something. Girl, we're at church right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's, 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 it's so huge. It's so huge. I mean, that's kind of the reason why I just went straight to life coaching just and and park my little happy hips there because I just see so much for just not just for entrepreneurs but everyone like the reason why you're not succeeding is because your head's not right so there's no other way to say it but that but that being said Natasha it was such a pleasure 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 talking with you and I am so delighted that your message is going to be able to be spread far and wide. And for those of you guys who are listening and haven't been enjoying this conversation, make sure that you either share this podcast with somebody else or make sure that you write a review, letting everyone know that you've been loving not just this episode with Natasha, but just all these other episodes on the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. With that being said, thank you so much for listening. Take care and be awesome.